When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, it's it's been an up, up and down you know process. And so um, figuring that out and again, just trusting myself within this process has been the biggest thing in making my decision. What up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. That was a little clip from the media session we had with David Roddy. Really appreciate him taking a few minutes to talk with me, uh, Kevin Lytle, and Eddie Hers on his decision to remain in the NBA draft. His CSU career is over, which is obviously bittersweet. I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks now, you know, the, the pros and the cons of the situation. Uh, today I'm going to talk about kind of what this means for the Rams moving forward. I just want to make it clear that while this news, it, it clearly limits CSU ceiling or it lowers CSU ceiling in the preseason. It's not like this is an empty cover, you know, this is still a roster that's built to compete. They've got two open scholarships, so they have some flexibility there to add depth. But we'll talk about it all. I'll kind of talk about what I'm hearing as far as David's draft stock goes, and then we'll play a little bit more audio from that uh, media session with David. Before we get into everything, are you ready for the NBA champs to be crowned? Join the finals action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA bet, get $150 in free bets instantly. If you want to turn a small bet into a big payday, the best way to do it is with the DraftKings Same Game Parlay. This NBA season, a customer actually placed a $5 Same Game Parlay. They won over five grand. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds. Boom, you've got a shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals. Get $150 in free bets instantly. That promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right. Like I said, we will play more audio from David later in this podcast. He took about 12 minutes after announcing his decision to speak with me and Eddie Hers and Kevin Lytle. Big shout out to John Martin of CSU Men's Basketball for hooking that all up. Always nice when we get an opportunity to talk to these guys the the day of, and I was just really appreciative of him for for setting it up. Um, you know, he David went through a lot of stuff, just kind of talking about what this process is going to be like. Obviously, very emotional, and will uh, like I will play this audio, but you know, he just he talked about 
speaking with his teammates and, you know, being really teary eyed and, you know, just how hard it is obviously to leave early. You know, it's, it's a pretty conflicting process on one hand, you know, he, he could have came back and, you know, potentially made a run at something special with Isaiah Stevens and John Tanjay and, you know, these guys that he came up with. But on the other hand, you have an opportunity to go to the NBA right now coming off of a really hot season. And, you know, I've, I've talked about it. I, I do think there are some ways he could have benefited by coming back. You know, I, I think he could have refined his game. I do. I also get that, you know, there's no guarantees. And just because he came back, you know, it, it wouldn't have necessarily improved his draft stock. At that point, he would have been a year older. There's no guarantee he would have even played as well. I mean, he's literally coming off of one of the best seasons in Mountain West basketball history. I get all of that. So, I mean, this was a this was a really tough decision. And, you know, David was honest about that from the start, that it was going to be a tough decision and that, you know, he was just going to have to kind of follow his heart and, and follow his gut on this one. And it's just one of those that CSU fans have to respect. Obviously, I'm going to be rooting for him. I know all of you will as well. One thing I will say, you know, Ram fans should just wrap their minds around the possibility of Roddy going later in this draft process or, you know, potentially even undrafted. And I know that's, it's not what anybody wants to hear, but it is a really deep class and kind of based on some of the inside information that I have, at least right now, you know, it it does not appear that there's going to be a a guaranteed deal on the table for David. Obviously that could change between now and the 23rd. But based on what I've been hearing is that his stock has kind of dipped a little bit based on what it was. And, and I mean, we all watched how this goes with Trey McBride. It ebbs and flows. There's a whole process with draft evaluation and, you know, people fall in love with prospects and then, you know, everybody gets hyped on somebody for a couple of weeks and they get bored and prospect fatigue fits in. They fall back. You never know. Ultimately, it takes one team to fall in love with a guy. I mean, Nobody thought the Nuggets were going to take Bones Highland when they did. But I just wanted to bring this up because, you know, we don't really know where David is going to go. Obviously, I, I hope he goes in the first round. I hope he gets a bag. I hope he gets a guaranteed deal. I hope all of it works out. Just kind of based on, you know, the temperature of the situation, though, right after the NCAA tournament ended, you know, most people expected him to come back. Then, you know, his his stock really started to rise. And in early May, it kind of seemed like people were viewing him as, you know, a late first round pick, a guy that was going to be in the mix for a guaranteed deal. Now, after the combine, which David tested really well at, but didn't play great in the scrimmages, you know, his his stock has dipped a little bit as well as after some of these workouts. But again, you know, it it just takes one team. And David seems to have a a pretty, you know, realistic view of the situation. You know, he just wants to convince a, a team to take a chance on him. You know, one of the things that he talked about with us was, know that he just wants to highlight his competitiveness and continue continue to work on his defensive abilities and, and show that he can guard multiple positions, which is, you know, that's something I've talked about a lot, just given his size, you know, he's going to have to be able to stick with guards, but also stick with power forwards. And some teams love that, you know, some teams think that makes you a mismatch. Some people think that makes you really versatile. You're a Swiss army knife and that's really been beneficial other teams. You know, they just think that you're undersized. There's no one singular skill set that NBA teams are looking for. You know, there's not a universal prospect. Obviously, if you get you know, somebody that's like LeBron James, it's pretty easy. You're going to want him. But David's definitely a unique case. And I- I'm really excited to see how it all plays out. I've, I've said before, I do think that he is 
athletic enough, and I do think that he is talented enough to play in the NBA. I also think he's going to have to... I think he's just going to have to be in a situation where early on in his career, especially, he's going to have to kind of be a role guy. There's no shame in that, but doing the dirty work, you know, being a being a pest defensively, getting rebounds, sticking with taller guys, knocking down the shots when they're there, but not forcing up bad ones, just trying to do the little things so that you're making a positive impact on the floor. That's ultimately going to be the key to him sticking on a roster and, you know, not getting pushed down to the G League or, or something like that. I've, you know, I've, I've often been asked about Gian Clavel over the years. Why don't you think he made it in the NBA? And I don't think it was because he wasn't athletic enough or it was because he wasn't a good enough jump shooter, obviously. I mean, he's one of the one of the best bad shot makers I've ever seen, a really skilled basketball player, one of the most fun basketball players that I've ever watched at Moby Arena. The thing is, what made Gian so special at the college level is exactly what kind of was detrimental to him at the NBA level. He had to have the ball all the time. It was very isocentric. You know, if he didn't have the ball for 15, 20 seconds in a shot clock, have an opportunity to create his own shot to get these threes to get to the hoop, you know, he's probably not making that big of an impact on the floor. He's not a guy that's, you know, setting screens and cutting and doing that type of stuff. But in the NBA, everybody's capable of taking over the way Gian used to take over in Moby. And, you know, again, it comes back to my point of just understanding your role and and just figuring out what you have to do to earn the trust of your coaching staff, to earn the trust of your teammates, and ultimately you know, be able to be able to be out on the, the floor and play minutes without being a liability. I mean, the, the thing that you have to do is just try to try to make as many positive plays without, you know, bringing negative attention to yourself and what he'll have to do will be different depending on where he goes. Obviously every situation is a, a little bit unique. Every team needs something different, but I'm confident that David can figure it out. Obviously a really high basketball IQ player, just a really smart dude. And he's very selfless. I mean, that's been a big component of his of his game throughout his collegiate career. It's just that team first mindset, and you know, you you can see it. There are moments where he understands I I had to take over here, or where he understood that you know it, it's got to be me right now. But he didn't play like that all the time. You know, he tried to get his teammates involved. He tried to facilitate. Generally, wasn't forcing up bad shots. You know, wasn't you know heat checking out there on us. So. I have confidence that David has the ability to pan out in the NBA. Obviously, you know, ending up in the right scenario would be huge. We'll have to see how this all plays out. I'm really looking forward to summer league. I hope that, you know, I get an opportunity to, to see him. It'd be cool if he's out in Vegas. He just, he has an opportunity to continue helping raise that, the, the brand of, of CSU men's basketball and continue to help putting it on the, just, you know, on the, the map, you know, or whatever on a, on a bigger level, just, there have not been a lot of former CSU guys in the NBA and it's been a while since Jay Smooth was relevant. So I just, I think from that side, it's, it's really exciting. It's, it's a little bit unnerving as a CSU fan, especially in a really deep Mountain West. I'm going to talk about in a couple of minutes here, what this means for CSU, but I'm going to play some audio real quick here. Just from that interview with me, Kevin and Eddie Roddy answering a couple of questions, including, you know, why should CSU fans still be excited for this team moving forward? All right, we're going to keep this party rolling, but I want to talk about my friends over at Sexy Pizza. If you ever went to a Broncos tailgate, we had Sexy Pizza at every single one. We will have them at every single one this fall as well. Right now, the Avs obviously in a really exciting playoff run. 
deep in the Stanley Cup playoffs and starting June 2nd until June 12th, our fans can get 15% off their order online when they use the code DNVRAVS. That is D-N-V-R-A-V-S, all one word. Go to www.sexy.pizza. Check it all out. They have a 12-inch, 16-inch, or 18-inch crust. They have a gluten-free option. They have all the fixins, whether it's wings, salads, pasta, knots, dessert options, or more. I'm a knots guy. They're garlic, uh, uh, they're garlic knots, excuse me. Absolute fire. And what's cool about Sexy Pizza, with 13 years in the Denver community, Sexy Pizza is as local as it gets. A hand-tossed deck oven pizza with made-from-scratch each morning dough. It is the bomb.com. I'm telling you. Go to www.sexy.pizza from June 2nd through June 12th. Order from any other Denver locations. Use that promo code DNVRAVS. Get 15% off your order. And speaking of the AVS, I want to give you my DraftKings pick of the week. I'm going with Nathan McKinnon to win the Con Smythe Trophy at plus 200. Look, the, the whole team has been great in the playoffs. It's, it's been awesome to see guys like JT Comfer, you know, step up the third, the fourth line. They have really made an impact. But Nathan McKinnon, you know, he is the engine that makes this train go. And I just, I, I think it's got to be him. He's a man on a mission right now. He's creating all over the ice. He's creating goal scoring opportunities for not just him, but his teammates. He's a stud. Lock it in my DraftKings pick of the week. David, just overall, I mean, how difficult of a decision was this? And how long do you feel like you've kind of been leaning this way? Or was it kind of, you know, gradual as you wanted to make this decision? Yeah, uh, it's for sure the hardest decision I've ever made in my life um, by far. Um, you know, again, just because of the emotional, you know, attachment that I have to CSU, uh, all the relationships that I had, um, you know, definitely got me teary eyed a few times, you know, making phone calls and everything, but, um, you know, just flipping that culture around and, and, you know, having, you know, to leave early is, is something that, you know, is definitely heartbreaking. Um, it's something that people don't understand sometimes when you go through these decisions, you have to sacrifice, you know, a lot of things. So, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm glad that I left it, you know, better than I found it. But, um, you know, again, that, that was definitely the toughest part about, you know, this decision. And in some ways, is it, uh, I guess the good and bad of probably neither way would be a bad decision. I mean, you kind of had two pretty good options that both, both the good, but also make it a little harder. Uh, yeah, you know, it it is definitely tough. Uh, it's just basically choosing the writer of two rights pretty much. Um, you know, that was the situation that I was in. Um, and you know, again, you know, I trust myself and I have faith in myself that I'll, you know, make the most of it. Uh, and again, CSU will also make the most of it as well. Um, you know, you know, a bunch, a bunch of guys, everybody's still there and, you know, they're going to still, you know, propel the culture and, and make it a national name. What did you learn about yourself throughout this process? Man, a lot. Um, you know, again, just trusting myself is the biggest thing. Um, learning how to be a professional. Um, I think, you know, CSU has definitely prepared me for that. Um, but even, you know, at a bigger scale on, you know, how to individually work out, how to push yourself, how to, um, create a game plan to improve, uh, myself as a basketball player, um, are just the, some of the things that I've, that I've learned over the past, you know, two months. And, um, you know, again, and, 
you know, professional, to be a professional basketball player is a job as well. And that's what I kind of understand, you know, traveling and working out for teams and, you know, always having to stay ready and be ready is something that I've learned. Kind of going off that, what was kind of the main thing teams were telling you they wanted you to improve? Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of them are always, you know, interested with, again, my body type as well as, you know, where can they put me? Um, you know, my versatility is, is a positive to some teams and a negative for some others. Um, you know, some see me as undersized. Um, some see me as, you know, a mismatch nightmare. So um, I think that's the biggest thing I have to focus on is my defensive ability, guarding multiple positions and, um, you know, getting in the best shape as possible. Obviously, becoming a pro yeah, has long been a, a goal, I think, of yours. But has it been kind of a whirlwind couple months from, you know, it wasn't that long ago you guys are playing the NCAA tournament and then, you know, the combine, all the workouts, everything, and, and now you got the draft coming up. Has it been kind of crazy? Yeah, it's been it's been crazy. Um, yeah, being in, in staying in Phoenix and, uh, you know, working out there and, um, you know, while doing homework, while, you know, working out for teams, while trying to weigh my options and everything, uh, it's definitely been a whirlwind. It's gone by super, super fast. Um, and, yeah. You know, I'm just trying to enjoy every single moment of it. You know, we'll continue to do that to the best of my ability and, um, you know, just continue to get better every day. You've reflected a little bit just about, you know, Moby Madness and the program, where it's at now versus where you came. You know, what do you think you'll miss most about being at CSU and on this team? Yeah, um, I think it'll be the uh, just the experiences. Um you know, the, the Virgin Islands trips, the, you know, the road games where, you know, we're playing Uno at, at midnight when we're supposed to be going to bed. And it's like the most animated, you know, games ever. Um, and just hanging around the guys. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, you know, again, the atmospheres were amazing. Um, the fans have been amazing. You know, just, you know, seeing familiar faces after every game, taking pictures, signing autographs is something that I'll, that I'll miss as well as, again, you know, just being in Moby Arena every day and, um you know, doing what I love with people that I love. So um, that's definitely going to be, you know, a, a, a rough adjustment, you know, trying to start that all over again. Dave, what's kind of your mindset going into the draft? Is there anywhere kind of specific you're hoping or expecting to go or? Um, not really. Um, I, I know that, you know, teams are interested. Some teams aren't, um, you know, again, I just have to do my best to you know, improve and, and show these teams that, you know, they should draft me. Um, but again, you know, I'm just, all I'm asking for is, is just the right system and the right, you know, organization that, you know, has a plan for me. And, um, you know, everybody loves to win. And so hopefully I can, you know, show my competitiveness and uh, my, my love for winning. Um, and, you know, hopefully an organization matches that as well. So I'm just excited for, you know, wherever I land. What do the uh, next three weeks or so look like for you until the draft? Yeah, uh, so for now, it's pretty much just team workouts so far. I'm currently in Portland right now, so I work out for them tomorrow. And then Golden State on Friday. Um, and that's pretty much all I know right now. Uh, the schedule changes every day. So um, I'll definitely you know, keep you guys updated and you know, keep John updated with, with you know, my progress and everything. But um, it'll mostly just be workouts from now on. David, you mentioned uh, you mentioned Golden State. I mean, they're in the middle of a finals run right now, so how crazy is that to be working out for them during this time? Because they're going to have game one tomorrow. 
yeah, it's it's pretty surreal. Um, hopefully, I can try to sneak in, try to see some of the games. Um, but uh, yeah, no, you know, again, they're they're a winning organization, and you know, they're preparing for you know the biggest you know games of of you know the season. So um, hopefully, it's it's a very exciting time, and hopefully, you know, I can you know, sneak in and say what's up to some of the players or some of the coaching staff as well. Hopefully, that they have to work out. Have you uh, had a chance to talk to some of your team, you know, guys like Zay or anyone about, you know, what's that been like, you know, guys that, like you say, not just teammates, but, you know, kind of become, uh, you know, lifelong friends, it seems like. Yeah, uh, it's been a more emotional, um, you know, again, that's just, you know, between, you know, me and them. But, um, you know, I definitely, you know, let them know um, that, you know, I love them and, um, you know, they're just thanking them for being a part of my process in my journey um and yeah just you know wishing them the best of luck and they're super supportive of my decision as well and so um you know it's it's sad to sad to leave early but you know i it's it's what's best so um and they were very understanding of that and i really appreciate that when you told coach what's like the one thing that stood out that you'll remember that he told you like about this decision yeah um again just the same thing you know he supports me 100 percent um, you know, super happy for myself and my family, as well as, you know, just congratulating me on how far I've, you know, come along this journey. Um, you know, being a, a starting, being a freshman, you know, coming off the bench to, you know, where I am now and, um, you know, how, you know, how well we did together and, and achieved a lot as a team, um, and individually. So, um, just looking at, you know, my, you know, past three years and, you know, seeing how far I've come is, is something that he highlighted a lot. You obviously, you know, know Isaiah and, and, and John and some of these guys well that you've come up with have been around their game. You know, Josiah as well, just from, you know, your days playing out in Minnesota. You know, why should Ram fans still be excited about this team going into this year? Yeah, uh, they should be excited because everybody else is still there. Um, you know, the culture is still there. The community is still there. Um, we added, you know, so many guys that are super talented and, again, high character people. Um and, you know, they're, they're, they have their winning tendencies and, you know, there's a lot of games that we wouldn't have won without, you know, the rest of the guys on the team. And so, um, you know, don't lose faith, you know, in the Rams. And I know that many, many people are due for uh, breakout seasons. And so I'm just, you know, super excited. And, you know, if I can help as much as possible, give them advice and, you know, what I see. So I'm, I'm basically an extension of the team now. I'm another coach. So um, I'm excited for that. Is that going to be weird for you, kind of watching these guys without? Like, obviously, it'll be exciting, and you'll be cheering them on, but that's probably going to be kind of a, an odd feeling, you know, seeing Isaiah and John and all those guys out there. Yeah, um, it'll be definitely – I'll be very animated, yelling at the TV probably, <laughs> um, coaching them up as much as possible, knowing the scouts and everything. So, um, yeah, it'll be it'll be a little bit tough, um, but hopefully years to come, it'll be a little bit easier. Obviously, it's still a few weeks off, but have you kind of let yourself think about what what that night of June twenty third will will be like? Um, you know, when you finally do hear your name. Yeah, uh, I haven't thought of it too much, but it's going to be just surreal. Um, you know, a lot of hard work has gone into this, and so um, you know, hopefully, it'll be you know a great night that I'll remember forever. But again, it's just another, it's just a turn of the chapter in, in my basketball journey, and so. Um, you know, I'm very excited for it, but I'm also very excited for the future. 
right. One last shout out to David Roddy for doing this interview with us. And, uh, you know, he kind of said it well, you know, everybody is still here. I think a lot of people are panicking and I get it. I mean, it's, it's hard not to be upset just because expectations, hopes, whatever you want to call it for this season were so high. If, if David was coming back, you know, it's people are, are talking about the potential of, you know, being a top 20 team, making the sweet 16, that type of stuff. And it, it really wouldn't have even been that dramatic. You know, it, it would have been realistic still obviously would have had to go out and accomplish it on the court, but the talent would have been there. You know, it, it wouldn't have been dumb to think that that CSU team could have really done something special. And, and now, you know, without David, you just, you got to change the way you're thinking a little bit. And and that's a bummer. It really is because, you know, I won't lie. I was, I was stoked for this year. I, I went through this whole last basketball season with the mindset that you really have two runs at it. And it was nice because it, it made the, the losses sting a little bit less. And in hindsight, you know, it's a good reminder that there never is a guarantee that there's going to be another run. I don't necessarily regret feeling that way either. I mean, it was the the optimistic way to view things. And ultimately, it was probably a whole lot less stressful than, you know, last year would have been for me if I would have thought, well, this is it. And the thing is, is even with Roddy gone, I don't think that it was necessarily it. Do I think CSU is going to be a top 15 this a top 15 team this year? No, probably not. I also don't think they're going to be preseason favorites. And I'm not even sure they would have been locks to be favorites anyways, given the talent that San Diego State's bringing in. It wouldn't have shocked me if CSU would have been ranked in the top 25, but San Diego State was the betting favorite just because they're going to be insanely good, guys. San Diego State, they're going to be really good. Wyoming's looking awesome. They got EK and Maldonado back. They do lose Jeffries, but they brought in some nice pieces. UNLV should be good. New Mexico should make a jump. Boise State should be in the mix still. I'd imagine Utah State's going to be competitive. I mean, this is going to be a really deep Mountain West Conference again, potentially even better than last year. And yeah, that's definitely unnerving, especially after losing your best player. But I mean, this is a roster that's that's built to compete, and it's a program that has the the right leadership at top. And ultimately, that's why I trust this team to still be you know, a 20 potentially plus win team, you know, still be in the mix for an NCAA tournament bid. They're not going to be a pushover for anyone. Isaiah Stevens won't allow it, y'all. I mean, he, that dude's a dog. Dude's one of the most competitive athletes I've ever covered. He's also one of the most underrated guys that I've ever covered. And, you know, again, I, I understand all the disappointment. I understand why, you know, people are like, oh man, this completely changes everything. It does. It does change everything, but it's not the end of the world. It's not a rebuild now. You know, it's not a situation where they're just screwed. And I keep seeing people repeatedly trying to be like, they lost 80% of their starting lineup from game one. And that is technically true, but that's including Thistlewood. And, you know, he really was not a factor last season and he wasn't going to play this season. It's obviously also including Kendall Moore, who that was a weird deal with. You know, I I always thought he was going to be gone anyways. That's what I had heard for months. And then when he announced he was coming back, I was surprised. Then obviously he leaves. That's a bummer. You know, it, it that's a tough loss. But you add a guy in Josiah Strong, who's every bit as competent defensively, a more consistent three-point shooter, and he's got four inches of height on him. That's not exactly a bad trade-off. 
losing to Sean Thomas. Again, I've said it. I, I really like the guy. I think he is a great three-point shooter. I think he can be a dangerous offensive weapon for someone. He wasn't ever going to be a bruiser in the paint on either end of the floor. He wasn't going to be a true four, and that's kind of what CSU needed him to be. Now you bring in somebody in Patrick Cartier who's willing to do that a little bit more. Again, he's another guy that can stretch the floor, can score at all three levels, You know, likes to shoot the three, but he's just a little bit more of a natural fit for what CSU needs, especially now that Roddy's gone. So again, you know, I wish those guys well. I enjoyed covering them while they were here. But I think that as if we're talking about what you lost versus what you gain, I think CSU's okay. Losing Roddy is one thing, and you're not going to be able to replace him one for one, even with the two open scholarships you have. And that was one of the things that I wrote in my article. You know, you're not going to be able to replace what he did with one guy. It's you're going to kind of have to do the money ball approach. You know, there's you can't just go out and replace Jason Giambi. It doesn't work like that. But the other guys that they've added are, are really good fits for what CSU wants to do. And again, you know, they got to go prove it on the court. But, you know, my kind of expectation going in is I actually think they're going to be better than the guys that they lost. So I just, I, I'm not that worried about it there. You know, losing Roddy, that's a bummer. It's going to be a tough one. We'll see what they're able to do. I hope that they can go out and, you know, add a four from the transfer portal or maybe you go get a Juco guy or just somebody that you can depend on to play minutes because right now, you know, you have Cartier who's coming in from Hillsdale College. You have James Moores and then you have Jacob Jennison who's a true seven-footer. I mean, he's got all the size, but he's also, you know, coming off of multiple leg injuries, had a knee injury. You know, can he be a guy that CSU depends on this year? We'll see. If he can, that would be huge. But I do think you need to add another guy in the front court just so you feel good about yourself and and the depth that you have. Because obviously, I mean, you're an injury away from really being thin and then having to go small. And it wouldn't surprise me if CSU kind of leaned into the small component anyways, given that the strength of this roster is just going to be the guards. I already talked about Josiah Strong. Obviously, he's a great three-point shooter. But I mean, obviously, Isaiah Stevens is going to have to assume a larger portion of the scoring. You know, he's going to have to be a guy that can create for himself and others, which we all have seen him do in the past. I'm not worried about that. You know, you're going to need Tanjay to step up. He's capable of doing that. You're going to need Isaiah Rivera to step up. You're going to need Jalen Lake. You know, I think as far as anybody on this roster goes, obviously it impacts Stevens a lot because he's going to have to take more shots. But for for Lake, this is probably going to be the best for him. I mean, just in terms of it's going to create a lot more touches for him. There's going to be ups, there's going to be downs, but I, I kind of like that component just because, you know, they're going to lose Isaiah after this year, assuming that you can keep Jalen in town. I mean, the experience that he gets this season should help CSU be better next year than they would have been had David and Isaiah just come back, just given that those two would have, you know, they would have basically been so much of the offense. I don't know. Maybe I'm just trying to talk myself into this to feeling better. My point is there are some positives, though. This is certainly not the preferred route. I mean, everybody would have hoped that David would have come back. It would have been better for CSU. But, you know, there are going to be guys that benefit from this, from getting to play larger roles, from getting to score more. They're going to get more comfortable. You know, we'll see a couple of years from now what this all means. Obviously, this is a it's a blow to this season, and it's a bummer. But I do think they're going to be really competitive and when it's all said and done, I still expect CSU to be in the mix for an NCAA tournament bid. You know, I'm 
not going to go out there and say anything crazy. You know, they're still going to win the Mountain West. You know, again, the conference is going to be really good. Losing David is going to be tough. He was the guy that really carried him, especially in those tight games, you know, against San Diego State, you know, Wyoming, even the one they lost. I mean, he was so good in that game. It's going to be a big test for all these guys. And, you know, it really wouldn't surprise me, especially early on in the season, if we saw pretty significant variance in outcome. You know, one night they're going to look really good and one night they're going to look like a team that, you know, lost a player as talented as David that, you know, held as big of a role as he did. So it's it's just going to be an adjustment. That's really what it comes down to. But ultimately, they still have Nico Medved. They still have Ali Farokmanesh. You know, I, I love this staff top to bottom. I, even the guys that they brought in since Thorson and, and JR are, are no longer in the picture. You know, Sam Jones and, and Cooley, really, really cool guys, good recruiters, good leaders. I mean, I just, I trust them. I trust them to figure it out. You know, maybe this year isn't quite what we hoped it would be, but the direction of CSU men's basketball, it's still, it's still going the right way, guys. I mean, a guy picked CSU over multiple Big Ten schools, came in, helped CSU have three straight 20-win seasons, reach the NCAA tournament, get the highest bid in program history, won conference player of the year, and now he's going to go and, and try and you know put CSU on the map at the next level. That's exactly what you want. That's what you sell on the recruiting trail. But I certainly understand the, the confliction and just the bittersweetness of this all. It's been a roller coaster, but at least now, you know, CSU fans, they can just focus on cheering for David at the next level. And also, you know, the coaches, they can kind of focus on moving forward. I mean, the truth is, is they've somewhat been put in a bind by all this over the last month, because, you know, if David came back, you only have one scholarship and it kind of changes what you do with that last open one, probably more inclined just to, you know, bring in a high school guy, maybe that, you know, can sit. Without David, you know, you probably have to bring in a guy that can make a contribution in the front court. At least that's the hope. The thing is, is this late in the recruiting cycle, that that also makes it tricky. So this is, it's going to be a bit of a wonky process. And, you know, I I do think Medved to an extent is, is going to have to get creative here. But let's all keep perspective. You know, that that's going to be the the biggest thing. It's It's okay to feel upset. It's okay to be disappointed that, you know, David isn't coming back while also being excited for him to pursue the NBA. And it's okay to be disappointed that this team isn't going to be quite as good as what we thought they were. But let's not act like, you know, the, the sky is falling, that this program is falling apart. Let's not be chicken little here. So that's my two cents. Obviously, we'll follow what happens with David throughout all this as he works out for more teams throughout the draft process. Then ultimately, you know, when he gets picked by someone we'll you know talk about what's happening in, in summer league and all of it we'll keep you up to date throughout it all gonna be a lot of fun but I, I certainly wish him well and i'm thankful for the time that he gave me throughout his csu career it was just a really really cool athlete to cover i mean i remember talking to him before he even got to campus and i was impressed just by how mature he was and ultimately i mean there, there just could not have been a more humble superstar i mean the dude is is truly one in a million so Good luck, David. I mean, go put CSU on the map. I, I cannot wait to see where you ultimately end up. We're going to be cheering for you. And I, I sure as hell can't wait to rep your NBA jersey next fall. All right, that's all we have for today. Hope everybody is enjoying their weekend. Hope everybody is enjoying the sunshine. I certainly have been trying to be. 
Yeah, the recording schedule gets a little bit wonky in the off season just because, you know, really once spring ball ends kind of then to, you know, the end of July, that's, you know, the eight weeks of slow time for me where, you know, if I want to go hike somewhere, if I want to, you know, visit Vail or whatever it is, I kind of have to do it during that period because, you know, from the end of July, first week of August, basically until, you know, again, the end of the NCAA tournament and then into spring ball. I mean, I'm just locked in. I'm on a practice field somewhere or, you know, a stadium, an arena. I'm traveling somewhere. I'm watching film. I'm writing something. I'm podcasting. It is all consuming, but man, am I thankful for all of you for giving me this opportunity and for continuing to support my content. So I, I just want you all to know it, it never is lost uh, on me that without you, I would not be here. All right, that's all I have for today's podcast. Hope everybody's enjoying their summer, drinking ice cold Breck brew. Go Rams. Peace. I only seem to write when the words, they don't come to me. I'm staring at this page and I swear it stares back at me. Read between the lines, see the blank and all the happenings. It's been 35 and I ain't even wrote like half a thing. Rhymes that make sense, but more lines that didn't. I was walking with my headphones, heavy bumping pivot. Simplistic white pages, they dreaming we were famous. They say they like the cadence, mark the summers like cicadas. And features, those ain't favors. My mood rings an alligator. Spit like Vader with the saber, steady kicking it like Prater. Staring at white pages. It's habitual behavior, check the flavor, that's some sage advice But confidence a great disguise, and certain lines are idolized Like yeah, I'm fine, and I don't mind, it's out of sight, it's out of mind And I've been dwelling on my past just to see what I can find Lost and found memories of places I designed And my imagination's dimmer now, but I swear that I can shine Look me in the eyes, and I hope you walk in my shoes Only talking haikus, cryptic like it's high school Funny you can click around and find my shit on iTunes only seem to write when the words they don't come to me staring at this page and i swear it stares back at me i've been doing that for days see staring at this page i've been doing it for weeks staring at this page and it almost makes me weak that's pathetic it ain't hardly had that deep fuck i've been dreaming i've been dreading i've been hardly half asleep counting sheep like it's beats rhythm and poetry and my verses seem better when they're not between the lines and my cursive seems neater when it's ruined half the time these songs sound better before they're online before i've heard this same beat about 600 times and the graphite from my pencil seems to smudge and not shine staring at this page and it almost seems fine and i probably erased about 600 rhymes read between the lines see the blank and all the happenings it's been 45 here's a song i guess it's happening